Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I think just because I'm fascinated with this character, James was actually the physical brother of Jesus, okay? And he didn't believe until Jesus died and rose again. Jesus appeared to him after he died. Can you imagine you didn't believe and your brother was the son of God and he shows back up after he died and says, I told you. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how that went. But James was powerful because he, he became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. I mean, come on. He, he, was, part of, he was Jesus' younger brother. So he became a great man of God. And um, he has some amazing things going on here. How to behave as a Christian, how to behave as a believer, how to walk in faith how to walk in wisdom, and how to deal with each other as believers. So let's continue on tonight after we get some good news. Does anybody have good news? No pressure. But if you do, we want to hear about it. Does anyone have good news tonight? Anything at all? Take your time. Yes, sir. The Cadillac? All right. I pray you got a million dollars for it. Paid everything off. Your wife saw, oh, I wasn't that, but hey, we're glad. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just better to sell them huh, than have to work on them and stuff. Praise God. That is good news. That is great news. Anybody else? Any good news? I'm going to go to Rosie and then Brother Man back there. Yes, ma'am. Really? Praise God. And you had one last week too, didn't you? You must have gave your first fruits offering. It's amazing. What a, what a miracle. And God is with you. He is for you. We, we talk about first fruits all the time because we're big on that every year. But tithe, offering, and first fruits, those are three different ways of God, you giving and God blessing you. So just powerful. Give and you shall receive. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall people give to you? And however you give, you're going to get that back and more so. One part in Scripture says, can you imagine being multiplied 1,000 times over? Because there's 30, 60, and 100-fold. Scripture even mentions the 1,000-fold blessing. So that is something else. Yes, sir, what good news do you have back there? Your mom's health report. Good, huh? Praise God. Well, she's lively. She's spry, that one. So praise. Does she still make tortillas? Okay, I was just wondering, man, because I know where y'all live. So just thought I'd ask. I, I've, I, I think at this age, I'm going to go ahead and classify myself as shameless. You would, your, your mom would say, sin vergüenza, right? So <laughs> no shame. <laughs> Any other good news? All right, let's get into the word. James chapter 4, verse 1. He gets right into it here. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Now remember, when we get into the word, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, man, put it on the shelf, right? You're learning the word. Scripture says, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Everything's for something in the Word. You're going to need it sometime. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? <laughs> wow. Evil desires. One translation says passions. Well, let's see what that means. You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. I know y'all aren't killing anyone, all right? But this is crazy. I don't, I don't know exactly what situation he's referring to, but he says you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Basically, you do whatever you can to get what you want. You ever met someone like that? Scary. 
You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Isn't that something? Yeah, you don't have what you want. I quote this verse a lot, and I always attribute it that Jesus said. Well, he said it through his brother James. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Did you know God wants you to have everything you need? Scripture says the desire of the righteous is not evil. Who is the righteous? Well, I'm looking at the righteous tonight. Those who are right with God by faith that they've placed in Jesus. You're right with God. Okay? And when you're right with God and you know you're right with God, guess what? You ready for this? Big bomb right here. You live like it. When you know you're right with God, you live like it. But people get it backwards. They go, I'm going to do all these. I'm going to do, I'm going to check all these boxes and then I'll be right with God. Man, I'm, I remember a kid that used to come to youth group back in the day and he would, uh, he was trying to do good. I can still see the guy's face. He was a decent kid. And uh, he started coming to youth group with a few of the other guys that were coming <laughs> when I was much younger. And he would wear a rubber band around his wrist for every time he said a cuss word. I've never seen that before. I've heard of a swear jar. Have y'all heard of that? Some houses, man, they just fill them up. They go out to eat on those things. They just fill them up. Go put some money in the swear jar. You said a cuss word. You know what I mean? That's crazy. But he would, so if he'd slip and say a cuss word, he would pop himself with a rubber band. Mm, okay. Negative reinforcement. I don't know. Maybe that works for some people. But, I mean, come on, really. So I guess we're having a few difficulties. If you have your Bible, pull it out. If you have a, a phone that your Bible is on, I'd encourage you to bring a hard copy to church. But if you have a phone that your Bible is on, Hold up your right hand and swear before God. You're not going to stop. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So help me God, right? But just don't. Don't get distracted on there. Turn off notifications. Do what you got to do if you got to use your phone as a Bible. What verse were we on? Okay. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. All right. Just doing stuff in the flesh. Doing stuff in the flesh means doing stuff in your own strength. That is, I'm not going to take a survey tonight because I know we've all done it. Right? I preach every week, multiple times a week, and there's times I go, oh, Lord, I forgot to even ask for your help on this, and I'm struggling. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Not often now, but it happens. I'm like, oh, man, I'm stressed out. I feel like I took an exam. I'm, I'm tired and exhausted. I should have just asked the Lord for help. Verse what? Verse 3. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. Wow. Say, man, he's talking to the world here. I have great encouraging news about the epistles in the New Testament. After Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the rest is written for the church. I mean, it's all for the church, the, the word, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the gospel, the good news to get people to believe in Jesus. The rest are letters to believers, people who are already saved. So, I mean, it's crazy what he's saying here. He says, um, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Oh, my goodness. I remember growing up in church and dudes going, man, I'm praying that that girl will date me. I remember thinking, dude, you're weird. That is weird. That sounds like Christian witchcraft to me. Like, I'm a Lord, give her to me. Like, you don't even know if she's God's will for you. She may kill you. 
She may hate you. She may, I mean, I'm serious. It, when folks are not, I've been there and I've seen it my whole life. If God don't want you with him, don't fight against him. Don't do it. Single folks in this house, don't do it, man. Say, man, he's handsome. Yeah, but I used to have hair. So you see where I'm going? Things change. I used to be able to hide the fact that my ears stuck out. Now I just shave my head. It's there for the whole world to see. Praise God. Things change, I'm telling you. Things change. So, man, you, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Look, you can ask God for great things. You can. Great things, but you can use whatever God gives you for his glory. You can use whatever God gives you for his glory, and you got to make sure your heart's right. When your heart's not right, say, man, what do you mean my heart's not right? Well, your motives, if they're wrong, then you're off track. Look at verse um, 4 here. This is powerful. He says, I want to I look this up real quick down here. Huh. Interesting. He says, you adulterers or adulteresses, depending on the translation there, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? You ever, let me just, let me just, tell someone this tonight i don't know if it's for you on the live stream or someone here in the house and it may not be for you directly maybe you know someone like this and you're trying to figure out why are they so weird the weirdest people in the world are not unbelievers they're not unbelievers do what unbelievers do believers do what believers do when they really believe the strangest people in the world are believers trying to do both they're creepy they're weird. They're hard to be around. They're doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Those are the ones hiding stuff, like we mentioned last week, talking about they, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you find disorder and evil of every kind. They, they're, they, they boast. They lie. I've met a lot of believers like that. Why? They're trying to do both. It doesn't work out that way. Okay? So it just doesn't work out that way. So, all right. You want only what will give you pleasure you adulterers next verse verse four do you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of god i say it again if it said once in scripture would everybody agree with me that it's important how about if it's repeated pay special attention right he says i say it again this guy speaks with great authority if you want to be a friend of the world you make yourself an enemy of god jesus said no one can have can serve two masters. I don't, can I just say something right now? And not that your wife is your master, but let me just, this is a poor analogy, but let me just, how did guys do that? Y'all have multiple wives in the Old Testament. One guy, one guy went to the Middle East and he came back. He was a soldier. I remember I was in ninth grade. He came back and he said, y'all, I know why these guys have all these wives. And I thought, wow, this is going to be deep. He said, the men don't do anything. The wives just take care of them. I'm like, man, I'd have no self-worth. Can you give me some more grapes, you know? Man, I can't even imagine. I can't even, I can't even imagine. And ladies, can you imagine being married and having to share your man? It sure got, why did it get so quiet in here? People are having nightmares. Y'all are imagining going, no, 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 I don't think so, right? So, I mean, come on. I'm married, I have one wife, you focus on that one wife. I have one Savior, I focus on the one Savior. Nothing else saved me. Nothing else saved me. You know what the Lord told His people? His people in the Old Testament. 
when they'd go years and years and years of rejecting him, they were sacrificing kids. They were bowing down to goat demons. Yeah, look it up. Scary stuff. They were bowing down to idols. They were doing all kinds of perverted things. And then their enemies would come and start to destroy them, and they would cry out to God, and God would go, call on your idols to save you. Can you imagine if the world started falling apart and some believers or some non-believers had to call out on their idols to save them? What would they do? Pray to Netflix? That's crazy. Huh? Isn't that a thought? You, you call on, Scripture says, call on him while he may be found. Today's the day of salvation. Call on him now. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Let's go on to that next. You make yourself an enemy of God. Okay, next verse. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? Wow, this guy is hitting it hard. Don't anybody be mad at me. I'm reading straight out of the Bible tonight. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. God created you to serve him. Say, man, I don't know. I don't know why. Hey, you, you may not have all the answers, but that's what the word says. He created you to serve him. Let's go on to the next one. And he gives grace generously. Let's talk about grace. What is grace? Does anyone know what grace is? If you don't know, don't guess. What do you think grace is based upon what you've read and studied? Grace is an interesting word because it can mean one of two things. One, it's God's empowerment to live right. And the other is unmerited or undeserved favor and mercy. All right? Now, many times people just say, you know, I just have God's grace so I can live how I want. No, Scripture itself explicitly states, graphically states, we don't have more grace so we can sin more. No, we have more grace so we can live right. He gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, look at this. God opposes the proud, somebody, but gives grace to the humble. He helps the humble along. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, wow, and he will flee from you. That's one good way to keep the enemy out of your house is to say, how do you, how do you resist? You just go, we're not going to do that. We're not watching that stuff here. We're not going to talk like that here. We're not going to live like that here. We're not going to look, look at stuff like that on our phones here. We're just not going to do it here. That's the different ways you resist the enemy. There's times where you feel tempted to do something, and you say, is that the devil or is that me? It doesn't matter. Just put a stop to it. You can control yourself. Okay? You can, especially as a believer. The world, I don't expect them to control themselves. You as a believer, God has given you the grace and the Holy Spirit to be able to control yourself. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Next verse. Come close to God. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is not all a message of exhortation, is it? <laughs> and edification. This is a, there's some rebukes in here. So take what you can. Use what you can. If it's for you, praise God. If not, put it on the shelf like I told you earlier tonight. Come close to God and God will come close to you. That's for everyone, right? And he's talking to believers here. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and God. And the world, oh my gosh. I should have skipped this chapter, man. I'm kidding. Let's go back. Let's read that verse again. Come close to God and God will draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We mentioned that a while ago. Let's go to the next verse. 
Let there be tears for what you have done. Wow, he is writing to believers. Did you know I have seasons where I enter into prayer and the Holy Spirit convicts me and I don't know what exactly he's doing in me, but just tears come out. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to just not fight it. Right in that office, I've done it in here different in the vehicle and God just working out something with me dad says that after he came back from Vietnam he would go to church and he was he'd already accepted the Lord he was getting faithful to God he grew up in church but you know he, he grew up in a church where he said man that's just a bunch of religion I'm not interested but God started pulling on him so he was getting faithful at church again and he said that my dad said that every time there was an altar call he'd go up there and go cry and he said, finally, the pastor said, hey, Fabian, are you in sin? And he's like, no. And, he, and you know, the guy didn't know what to do with him. He's a denominational pastor. He just said, um, well, you're already saved, aren't you? The guy didn't know what the pastor didn't know what was happening. Well, God was healing stuff in him. God was breaking him. God was dealing with all the PTSD. Dad can tell you some stories. And he's not a war story guy. If we Man, we stood on a mountain, we shot the enemy at 500 yards, and we destroyed them. We vanquished the enemy. We moved in, and we had five units behind us. Dad's not like that. But you can ask him graphic questions, and it's unbelievable the things that happened to them. Like, he's talking about life and death, people getting shot and falling. And he won't give you the details, but it's mind-boggling. How would that not mess with you? How would that not upset you? Right here, we're talking about this is repentance. But I don't know, that season, maybe, maybe the Spirit of God was moving in Dad to repent for things he didn't even know about or remember. Scripture says the Holy Spirit within us groans for us. There's times you don't know. I'm telling you, there's times I'm with God, and I just weep. It happened this past Saturday. And I was like, I, it's like I was thinking, well, Lord, don't I, need to be, don't I need to be preparing for the message tomorrow? And he said, what do you think you're doing? I, I, I couldn't even really, I wrote some notes, but I was like, I, I, Lord, I need to think about this stuff. He's like, man, you just let me, you let me handle Sunday. You just meet with me already. Now, this angle here is talking about repentance for stuff. I, I know this, people who say that they have seen Jesus in a vision or that he stood before them, even when they're walking in holiness, they just, they say, man, that when Jesus looks at you, he has eyes like no one has ever seen. He can see right through you. There's actually historical records of people saying that it's not in the scripture, but historical documents where people said they saw Jesus and they said they'd never seen eyes like him. It was almost overwhelming. He was way more than just a man. You get in God's presence and you say, God, I love you. I want to just humble myself before you. Let there be tears for what you've done. You say, man, pastor, have I done anything? That's between you and God. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Wow, does it mean don't be joyful? No, it means there's certain areas in our lives where we've been repeat offenders. <laughs> That's a legal term, right? And we need to let go of it. I'll, I'll be the first to raise my hand like the Apostle Paul said. And I'm, <laughs> When I talk about sin, it's because I've, I felt like before I was the chief of sinners. I messed up. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. But look at this. Guys, someone say, this is good news. Go ahead. Say that again. Say, this is good news. Okay, it sounds like you believe it now. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. 
Wow. What if you don't humble yourself before the Lord? Well, he resists the proud. Resistance. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. All right, next verse. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, huh, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. What an interesting and unusual verse. But your job is what? To obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. And what is God's law for us now that Jesus has come to the earth? It's real simple, huh? Love God and love others. Love God and love others. Love God and love others. You know, God's word is so simple when you really get down to it, past all the theology and the Greek and the Hebrew and the tenses and different things. The gospel is simple enough for a child to understand and accept Jesus. That's the beauty of it. It's simple. It's not easy, though. You love God. You love others. Obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. Let's look at the next verse. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? <laughs> we talked about this in Bible study last night. There are shades of meaning in Scripture. There's, there's a time to judge and a time not to judge. There's a time for everything. Solomon said so wisely in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's, for everything under heaven, there is a time and a season. Okay? Jesus said, look beneath the surface to judge and make righteous judgments. But this, this man of God is talking about people who judge. I, I remember growing up with people that were very judgmental. I remember a few in particular that would say stuff about people all the time and say, oh, she probably just did this, or he probably just, he's probably here because, it, like, and they would say it out loud what they were thinking. And I'm going, you have no idea what their motives are or what they did or why they're here or why they did that. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a, certain, um, to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. That sounds great. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while. And then it's gone. You ever seen the fog in Hobbes? Doesn't last very long, does it? Let's move on. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Well, you, otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And remember, everything earlier in the chapter, he talked about motive, right? So you can, you can make plans, you can make declarations, but do it with the right motives. You got to let God deal with you. You got to let God do some house cleaning. I know Adrian's teaching a class right now about forgiveness. How much longer does that one go? Wow. Talk about house cleaning, huh? Even for believers, that it's uncomfortable to really look back into your past, look where you are, and say, I need to forgive. I need to forgive. I need to forgive. What's so big about that is dealing with motives. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil, right? All depends on motive of the heart. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do, and then what? And then not do it. Wow, that's powerful. I can't get into chapter 5 tonight because we're, we're going to end up running over. I already know myself. But remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Wow. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Let's pray. And I want you to be encouraged. I know James was correcting some Christians. There was a lot in there that was very encouraging as well. And here's the biggest encouragement of it. 
that Jesus saves, that Jesus lives, that because of heaven you have hope. Because of what Jesus did, you have hope in this life, man, even with watching tangible, real change take place in your heart. Is there anyone joining us on the live stream tonight or in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I just need to get right with God. Would you raise your hand? It's between you and God. It's just between you and God. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. And those on the live stream as well, let's pray together as a church family. We're going to pray together in support of those who said, I, I, I need God to work on something in me. Remember, 1 John chapter 1, it says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you've walked away a thousand steps, it's just one step to turn around and be back in His arms. Don't you forget that. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of condemnation either. He convicts us and we repent. So let's pray together as a family tonight. And you're going to get true peace, true reconciliation even in your heart toward God. You're going to know that you've made peace with God even as a believer. I want everybody in this house to, to repeat this after me. Those on the live stream as well say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Cleanse me. I thank you that you're so righteous. And I thank you that the blood of Jesus has made me wise and righteous, so I'm right with you. I believe you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I can't save myself. I can't take away my sin, but Jesus can. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I claim peace now, Lord. It's my inheritance. It's my legacy. It's your promise. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. It is a peace that the world cannot give. I receive your peace, Lord. It's your promise. I'm forgiven. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. And now I will serve you and serve others. I will show that I love you, Lord, by my actions. In Jesus' name. Now, I just want to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your word fall on good ground tonight. That was a powerful word. Some, if not uncomfortable, for me and others perhaps, but Lord God, I know that it's your word, and it never returns to you empty. I believe your word fell on good ground tonight. People in here were engaged. I know those on the live stream and YouTube, they're engaged. Lord God, speak to people through your word. We receive conviction for change, not condemnation. Mm -mm, we're not going to feel condemned. We're right with you now once we've repented. And we thank you, Father. We're your people. We're going strong. And the best is yet to come. One man of God used to say all the time, the rest of our lives is going to be the best of our lives. And I believe that, Lord God. And we as your people, we believe tonight. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. Amen and Amen.